you said, wait, wait for what? Wait for him to get cold? Yeah. Wait for him to think yes. he can't? Yeah. You were I like, no, that. dad, this is what he needs to see in what following and serving yeah. Jesus looks like. I just remember feeling this feeling of like, the reality of the kingdom that I am talking about and the reality and the power of what I'm speaking about is so much more powerful than anything I should be afraid of. Welcome to Radical Radio with Robbie Dawkins. Robbie is a renowned speaker and equipper in over 70 countries, as well as author of international best-selling book, Do What Jesus Did. Here's your host, Robbie Dawkins. Well, it's good to be back here on Radical Radio and back with uh, Judah Dawkins, my oldest son that I'm very uh, proud of and very grateful to have on here with me. Love you too, Dad. I love you, son. I love you. <laughs> um, I want to, uh, I want to, I, you know, with this segment, uh, last time we were talking about the, all the warfare, things that you went yeah. through, things that, you know, and, you know, we didn't even hit on some of the stuff that, you know, warfare as a family that you go through oh, and yeah. then warfare in, in, um, you know, what warfare I was going through while you were going through all this personal warfare. Uh, and we're talking about spiritual warfare and that. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, one of the things that I really want to, uh, say to people is that there's, there's so much that, that gr you're growing up taught me, mm. um, that I learned that I didn't, uh, things that you at times things you didn't even know you were you were god would speak through you in ways that uh that you know i i know you weren't even aware that that was happening i remember you were four years old and i took you to the restroom at this restaurant you were four or five and you were you were uh sitting on the toilet and and i was looking at you kind of like okay hurry up hurry up you know and then you were looking to the side like this, which you would do a lot when you think. You still do it. You kind of look to the <laughs> side like that. You were looking to the side like this, and I said, Judah, I said, what are you doing? We got to hurry up. And you said, Dad, my eyes are fixed. And you said, and when my eyes are fixed, they cannot be moved, and they can't get moved off of what they're fixed on, but my eyes are fixed. And I, that sounds like just gibberish of a four- or five-year-old but that word fixed is a biblical, yeah. you know, keeping your gaze fixed on the Lord, keeping your yeah. eyes fixed on him. There was something, and for you at four or five to use that language, I mean, you would more, more practically, more reality say, my eyes are stuck sure. or my eyes are, I can't look away or something, but you kept saying fixed. fixed. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I don't want you, I, and at the time we were really worried about finances with our ministry, we were worried about finances uh, personally. There was a lot, and I heard the Lord just say to me, I want your eyes fixed on what I have for you to do, wow. not on what you don't have. Stay fixed on what you're to do and not on what you do not have. Yeah. And that came through you saying that. And the Lord wow. used that to speak to me over and over again. I could say many, many times over and over again how that things you would just come out with or things you would just say that were just kind of, out of the blue, but I would hear the voice of God. Oh. And I remember when you were, I don't even know if you remember this, but you were like six years old and, and uh, the Lord appeared to you. And he was, it was interesting in the dream, he was sitting on your dresser. I don't know if you remember yes, this. I've and there was a, a person there and he says, look at this. And he touched it and they became almost like puzzle pieces and all collapsed. 
And then he raised his hand like this. Do you remember this? And the puzzle all goes back together and everything goes back together under his hand. And he said to you, he said, Judah, this is what I'm going to use you to do in your mm -hmm. life. I'm going to use you to help people put the pieces of their life back together. Wow. And I'm going to use you to, and of course, being a in pastoral ministry and yeah. the church you're at and, and being having been served in pastoral ministry for many years now, as you have, you know, that's a part of your destiny and your assignment. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk to you about that uh, from the standpoint, you were just little when you had that dream. Sure. But you were, you described it so vividly, like you saw it and you're a detailed person. You remember things in detail. But I remember after that, just going, man, I'm going to really pay attention to what's happening with Judah to see what's taking place in his mm. life and what's happening because I could hear God speaking and doing things. And then after that, you began to really, I remember uh, many years later, you know, you, this was all of that stuff really happened before you went through the, all the warfare that we talked yeah. about our last segment. But then many years later, you know, when you were in a high school, you would take kids out. You would take yeah. people out on the church. There was a homeless guy that was at our church that you would go pick up and you guys would go do power evangelism out on yep. the streets of Aurora. You would, uh, you, later when you when you graduated high school even, you would take friends out and you guys would go and, and do power evangelism together. Yep. Uh, you, you, I remember, um, uh, one particular situation, there was a young man that, that had been around our house a lot, uh, a young man named Diego. Um, and, uh, and, and you led, I remember you, you, you excitedly, I think you texted me and said, Hey, Diego just accepted Christ. Yes. And you'd been preaching to Diego for a while. Yeah. You'd been sharing the gospel with Diego for a while. But right after that, you did something interesting. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. If yeah. you remember what yeah. I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, well, I remember for him, I remember his like salvation experience was so powerful mm. that I was like, oh my gosh, like God is really moving powerfully. Let's keep it going. Right. Like why slow down, you know, kind of thing. And he had a powerful conversion experience. Like the power of God was just so obvious, like super obviously moving in his life. And he was like, I want to know, I want to tell me like what I'm missing. Like, what have I been missing? And I was like, well, first of all, let's get you out on the streets. Like that was my first thing. I was like, okay, so you freely received. Now you freely give, you know? And I had heard you teach, you know, about that stuff too. And, but it just really made sense. Like this is, this needs to be real in this guy's life. Like I want to get him started. I, I just wanted to see him transformed for the kingdom of God, you know, and bringing, bringing, I also wanted to see our public school saved and, and stuff. And so I was like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go hit the streets. And so I remember one time, particularly, I was like, we're going to, um, uh, our church was how many miles away from our house? Uh, probably Remember? four or five. I'm thinking it might've been more than that. Could have been it. Well, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely a long walk. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we decided that we were going to walk all the way there and all the way back and pray for people all along the way. Come on. And I was just like, I, we're just going to do this, you know, and it's going to be hours and hours but like every person that we see, you know, we'll talk about God along the way and the things of God. And, you know, my 
you know, limited like knowledge of the scriptures at the time, but everything that I could give to him, you know, and uh, everything that have him ask me questions. And then in between, we would run into people and just pray for them. And I would say like, now, what is the Lord? What do you feel the Lord is speaking to you? You know, at the time, like trust that first thought and, and trying to activate him in the prophetic and, and pray for healing for people. And I mean, as you might imagine, like knowing Aurora, yeah. We ended up in McCarty Park for quite a long time, <laughs> which was a homeless hub. A place for yeah, where yeah. we did a lot of a ministry. A lot, a lot, a lot of ministry. We did a ton of ministry there. But, yeah, I was just like, I was like, this is, this needs to, he needs to think this is what the Christian life looks yeah. like. Not just, you know, and an didn't hour he have, and 15 minutes yeah, on the weekend. Come on. And didn't yeah. he have a word for a girl that was like, had been being abused by her father or something like yes, that? Yes, I think that was at McCarty Park. I do yeah, vaguely remember. Yeah. yeah, he had it. But, it, and it was so funny. And it was like his first yes, word. Yes, his first word ever. And the Lord and just he, shows him this yes, thing. It yes. was incredible. And it was interesting watching him having just received Christ like <laughs> days before, trying to like, okay, so I got this like thing in my mind, you know, like he's like yeah. trying to like make it make sense. And like, I know this is so weird and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, dude, just what is God saying? You know, like, and uh, let me trust just tell everybody, God this is, is what yeah. true discipleship looks like. Yeah. It's not just leading the person to Christ, but then yeah. taking them discipleship. out. Discipleship. Disciple. Yeah. yeah. Take them out, show them how to share the gospel, show them how to share the, show them how to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. And I remember, I remember I rebuked you. I said, I said, you know, he's just gotten saved. You shouldn't. And I said, you need to wait a little while. And you yeah. said, wait, wait for what? Get him trained what? up in the Lord. Yeah. You were like, I'll never forget. You said, wait, wait for what? Wait for him to get cold. Yeah. Wait for him to think yes. he can't. Yeah. You were like, no, dad, this is what he needs to see in what following and serving yeah. Jesus looks like. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And I remember yeah. later going, no, that's right. He's yeah. a new creation in Christ. This is his new identity. This is what he needs to walk this out. Yeah. And I remember being really in, and that shaped me. Another thing that you did that really shaped me, I want to come back to that because there's another testimony of somebody I want to share. Another thing that you did that really shaped me was how that you would pull people in when you were nervous about whether somebody would get healed. And you'd be like, come here. You want to see this guy get healed? Come here. I'm going to pray sure. for him. right." <laughs> and I would be sitting there nervous. I'd be like, wait a minute. What if, what if he doesn't get healed? And I was the one who did this a lot, but I would yeah, be nervous yeah. for you. And you were like, no, dad. We got to increase that risk. We got to yeah. crank. And I'm sitting there, you're preaching back my very message yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, Because you used to say, you know, throw more water on the, on on the, the altar. logs on the on altar, the altar. <laughs> for the fire to yeah. come down. <laughs> he gets more glory <laughs> when there's more risk. And I remember sitting there thinking, you know, it's so funny when you preach it, but then when you see one of your kids do it sure, and you yeah. don't want one of your kids to fail, you know, and sure, so you're a little yeah. bit nervous about that. And that's what it was all about. But I be I learned through that the increase. And I remember at that, when we were at that, um, a lot of people have heard the story and knew the story well. But when we were praying for the boy that was paralyzed at the, that was in the wheelchair at the Vatican. And I remember you going, hey, come here. And uh, I, I, I think it was Isaiah 2 or, or maybe yes. Micah, who was like saying, both of you guys were like calling people over, yeah. come here, watch this. This kid's going to get out of this wheelchair, this kid. And, and I remember realizing they're doing that because they're worried that it won't happen, but this is increasing the risk sure. to see it happen. 
And I really learned a lot as a, as sure. your dad by watching you guys and your radical faith. Well, and it was too like, hey, you teach this stuff. I, we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, time yeah. to live it, dad. Yeah, dad. <laughs> you know? And I remember sitting there, I remember being nervous, uh, you know, about it a couple of times. Well, when one your of, kids are the there kid too. with the broken yeah. leg at yeah. the Culver's. Yes, that one. Yeah. And yeah, that you yeah, were yeah, calling yeah. people over and I was like, uh, I mean, this kid can't even put any weight on his leg at all. He was and in a cast. Yeah. He had just gotten I still, his cast. You know, I still have the video of that. Yeah, me too. Do yeah, you really? Yes, I do. <laughs> I think it's the oldest video on my phone. <laughs> I think it's the oldest on my yeah, phone too. Yeah. And I remember this kid's leg gets healed yes. and he's walking around and he's, he's to totally been healed. And it was in the entrance of a Culver's. Yeah. I, yeah. Where people I, are coming yeah. in and yes. it was like, it was the craziest thing, but it was so amazing. But I learned so much in that, but you know, something else too was I remember how worried you were about your friend Ernesto. Uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of people have heard me tell the story about him toasting and saying, you know, how yeah. bad I was to Judah and how that I wanted to kill him. I hated yeah. him. I wanted him to die. Da, da. And then how that he, do you remember the night when he came, showed up at the church? Do you remember this? The one where he, the where blue, he said, the blue I light? need to, yes. Yes. He yeah. came in and Judah had oh been preaching to this kid for years, so probably yeah. by yeah. that time. And had been sharing the gospel. He had he had gang ties and affiliation. Yeah. He would have he, he when His he was toasting too, Judah, yeah. he was like, he goes, I would be dead if Judah yeah. hadn't shared the gospel with we me. We were all in tears, man. Yeah. It was he... so powerful because all of a sudden in that moment, I'll never forget, you know, he looks and he goes, I need to see the light. Yeah. And you were like, well, let's pray for you to see the light. Yep. And do you remember what happened? I remember he had his eyes closed. Yeah. And he started to squint his eyes like he couldn't even, like he couldn't open them like it's too bright kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Even though there was nothing, we were like, what is going on with you? Our eyes are open watching he him. He started grabbing our hands. Squeezing yes, them. Like, squeezing them. If there was yeah. any water in my hand, he squeezed every bit of it out. Because he was like, <laughs> I thought he was going to at one point break my hand. Yeah, and and yeah. I remember he he then he started like giggling or laughing. Yeah, laughing and crying and at crying the same, at the same time because there were tears streaming down his face. And he said, "I I'm seeing a blue light. Remember, it was like yes. a blue white light. Yeah, it was so powerful. You know, it's really cool because there's a famous uh, rock star friend of mine that that had that same thing happen to wow. him when he came to Christ." saw the blue wow. light, saw Jesus coming in the blue light. Yeah. And it was the same thing. And I, I, I didn't know this person yeah. when I knew when that happened to Ernesto, but I remember when he shared his testimony, You're like, I told him, Whoa. I said, well, let me tell you this story about Ernesto, Ernesto Rancone. Yeah, Rancone. And it was such a powerful thing, but yeah. watching you faithfully. And I, I remember, you know, you even when you were like 12 or 13, you went to Grand Rapids, Michigan with me. And we were doing yes. a training and we were in this bar district and you were standing yeah. outside of this bar yeah. Yeah. preaching to people as they were coming out and sharing the gospel. And I remember one of the guys that was with the church, he said, isn't he only like 13 or 14? I think you were 14 at the time, if I remember correctly. And he said, man, he goes, I'm, I'm, uh, he goes, I'm 34 years old and I'm scared to stand out on these streets and open air preach. And here your 14 year old kid is open air <laughs> preaching outside sure. of this bar, yeah. you know? And I remember just sitting there just being so moved and seeing yeah. God's hand on you. But 
you know, I want to segue if I can. This is me getting way well, off. Go if ahead. If I could yeah, say, please. One of the one of the things that I think in those moments when I was so young, and but like boldly preaching, I just remember feeling this feeling of like the reality of the kingdom that I am talking about, and the reality and the power of what I'm speaking about is so much more powerful than anything I should be afraid of. Like, I remember feeling those kinds of feelings, you know, at even such a young age. Talk about that. Like, like, I I mean, I didn't have the theology and the language to explain it, but I felt this feeling of like, this kingdom is real. And if you just come and receive him, you know, like receive and, 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 and let the Lord work on you and move on you right now, healing, prophecy words of not any any of the manifestations that, that he would want to use like you would realize yeah that this is way more powerful than anything you, i just wasn't it was like no fear because i was so like this thing is so much more real than anything to be afraid of here yeah you know and you and know what's like, interesting because i remember you standing outside of that bar yeah and it was a, and you, you were preaching and it wasn't just a bar, it was like a nightclub yeah and you were standing out there and you were preaching that very thing you know i mean guys wrap your heads around 14 years old and he's saying what i have for you here and you were saying come here let me pray for you let me hands on you. this is going to be real for you right yeah. now i remember when i walked up because actually i had lost you and I was looking for you. I was like, oh, where's Judah? Oh, my goodness, where's Judah? And you weren't answering your phone. And I couldn't figure out why. Well, then when I found you standing yeah. outside of this nightclub, open air preaching as people were coming in and out, and you were like, yeah. Jesus loves you. And let me prove to you he's real. He wants to be real to you right yeah. now. And just you were calling people into this encounter. I was so confident. And you I was were like, so this confident. is going to happen. Like the yeah. power of God. It's like that. Um, uh, in First Peter, I was just reading it recently, and it says, "Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts." Mm. Right, and the words are like, I, I think what that means for me, like right now, I think what Peter was meaning too. In the context of First Peter, you look around that, and you see he's talking about suffering a lot under persecution around them. Wow! And so he's saying, "Sanctify Christ as Lord." Come on, in your hearts. Who is the Lord? Is it the is it the government or the one that's persecuting you? The one that, you know, he says later in 1 Peter, he says, you know, serve under masters like um faithfully and you know, don't uh be persecuted for doing wrong, be persecuted for doing good. What credit is it if you if you suffer for doing wrong and, you know, do it with kindness and gentleness? Like the credit is when, you know, all that kind of stuff like under persecution, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. And so this awareness of who the Lord really is in this situation, whatever situation I walk into, I want to think who is really the Lord? Who's the boss? Yeah. It's the Lord. Set apart him as being the Lord in your life. You know, and that word sanctify means set apart, you know, set apart. You need to do, you know, get, get in the place of faith where he is the Lord. Yeah. In every single situation. So the, even recently when I've been feeling, you know, times of fear, even, even with my son who's been diagnosed with, you know, high-functioning autism, we were sitting in a, a, a moment with a bunch of teachers trying to decide, do we hold him back? Do we send him forward to the next grade and stuff like that? And, and I had this moment, this feeling of like, Christ 
is my Lord right now. Not all of you. He's the Lord over my son, the Lord over us as his parents. And I felt this sense of like power. And I started to speak and I said, I said, you know, I think that if we hold him back, that there are going to be opportunities that the kids around him need to encounter God. They need to encounter love, the love and the kindness that God has placed in him. Yeah. And they're going to miss that if, if we hold him back. And I, while I was saying that, I had this like very real sense, like there is the Lord. He is enthroned over this situation right now. And so I say that even to, you know, I'm, I'm witnessing to another kingdom in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Even in a parent teacher conference. It's kind of the collisions of kingdoms in that sort of situation because you're you're making a proclamation. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're. Those were all public school secular teachers. Wow. And I was just like, this is the reality. All of you. And there were some of his teachers from the former, the former year, you know, when he was in kinder or uh, preschool. And I started to say, you know what I'm talking about, the love and the kindness and the things that you guys testify of, like, or I didn't say testify, but I said, you know, the things that you guys tell us about, this is something different in him. And this is God. something they're seeing in Thor. Yes. And they were seeing commenting something in to Thor. you. Yes. We yes. see this yeah, lovingness, this kindness. Yeah. This- and I said, and you know, this is not just him. I said, the feeling you feel, the peace mm. you feel around him. And they started, they burst into tears. Come on. And like, <laughs> I was like, this is the, like, yeah. we need to be aware yeah. of the Lord being the Lord. Yes. And not other people being Lord, not other situations, mm. not other things. And so I, I feel that feeling, you know, even in that kind of environment, you know, and there was a power present. I mean, it was working on the, his former teachers, convicting you, them. You know what that reminds other- me of? Your me mom, my mom, we would be going through a hard time or difficult circumstances or, or an impossible situation. And I remember she would just say these words and it would just, I don't care what storm we were going through. I don't care what kind of garbage we were sifting through. She would just stop and she would look and say, he is almighty God. Oh, wow. And as soon as she said those words, something would break in the atmosphere. Yeah. She would just, I remember we were driving down the road, running out of gas, had no money to buy gas. Literally none of us had a penny on us. And then she, we, my dad was like, what are we going to do? What are we, how are we, I don't know what, we're going to see if somebody will uh, uh, donate some gas to us or what. We were scheming all that. And then she just, I remember she stopped and she goes, she goes, have you all forgotten? Oh man. He is almighty God. And as soon as she said that, it was like the car began to engage. It felt like we were almost being pulled. Yeah. We had another experience of that. We had that when you were kids. (laughs) Yeah. You remember that? Oh, I remember. And I remember looking back. Shreveport, on the way to Shreveport, Louisiana, And one of your brothers was really going through a spiritual crisis at that time. And I turned around and I looked at him. I said, you're going to see the hand of God and you're going to see us drive. It was almost 50 miles. Yeah. I said, all the way to Shreveport. It was on E. It, we were on the needle e, was and it on was, E. We were starting Past to e. uh 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 yeah. like that. Yeah. And I remember we I We pulled into a gas station. Yeah, begging and they had them. already and they had already turned off all the pumps. And they wouldn't remember turn that? them back on. 
And I we said, I got little kids. Home. I got, we're in the back. There's Big no. Big high top van. Yeah. We, <laughs> we're in the back roads, you know, in uh, like Arkansas, head in Shreveport. Yeah. And there was, there was no more gas stations. It was late at night. This gas station was the last one. People yeah. were saying that's the last gas station until you reach Shreveport. Yeah. And uh, which was another 50 miles. Yeah. And I remember I, we just got in the van and I thought, well, do we just park here at the pump and wait till they open in the morning? We just sleep here in the van. And then I turned and I said uh, to your brother who was struggling in his faith at that moment, I sure. said, we're going to go on and you're going to see us go all the way as a testimony so yeah. that you will never forget the power of God and the hand of God and the reality yeah. of God. And then we went and it all of a sudden it started to, 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 to and then it just like felt like we were being yes. pulled. Yes, it, and we, we all felt could feel it. it. We felt it run out of yes. gas, and That's like it. it was like the feeling of it started to maybe slow down and go, 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 that thing. Yeah, yeah. And then it felt like we were just being towed. Now the yes. engine was running the whole time. I don't want to falsely represent the and story. And didn't your didn't your foot like even give out? Yes, to, like the gas. It ran felt out. like I went all the way down and nothing was happening, but then all of a sudden it just <laughs> went woo, and we just lunged forward and we went fifty miles. Yes. And do you remember what I did when we got to the gas station? Oh, yeah. We got out on our knees <laughs> on the pavement. In all the of gas us. station. Only I made them all get in a circle in their knees. Elijah. <laughs> what? How old is yeah. he at the time? I think <laughs> he was like two? two years yeah. old. Get on and your I'm knees. And I'm like, son. no, everybody's on their knees. We're making a, yeah. an offering to the Lord. Yeah. And all these oh, people thanks. were looking at the gas station like, what are these nuts doing? They're just and aware we're of praying, another kingdom. Saying, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And we're, out, I'm praying out yeah. loud. Thank you. I was telling people, we, we ran out of gas yeah. and God brought us yes. here. And I was like, I'm going to tell everybody uh, because of this, but you know, yeah. it, it's so. It's living aware of another kingdom. It really is. That is the, that's where we're at. He is almighty God. When Mima would on. say that, she's witnessing to another kingdom. That's so good. You know, that's and so I think, good. So I powerful. think, you know, I mean, that kind of brings up that that uh, thing I was mentioning earlier about, you know, preach the gospel into all the world and if necessary, use words. Yeah. And how some people you say, you know, they'll know that we're Christians by your love, you know, mm. relational evangelism. But Jesus didn't say, wait in the city because you'll be clothed in love. Yeah. He said, you'll know that you, they'll know you are my disciples by your love for one another, mm, for one another, they know they 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 know that you're followers of me and disciples of me by your love for one another. It doesn't say they'll know that you're Christians by your love by your love. They will not, you know, yeah, yeah. you know they they know you you witness to another kingdom because Jesus says, you know, at the end of Luke and then at the beginning of Acts, he says, "Wait in the city, right? You'll be clothed in power and you'll be my witnesses." And mm. at the end of Luke, it says, you are witnesses of these things, but wait in the city to be clothed in power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you, right? Mm. You know, and why? To be witnesses. Yes. You can only be a witness to another kingdom if there's power to break in from that kingdom um, into the this kingdom. You know, this, you know and when he's yeah. saying that part about witnesses, I mean, yeah. that is martyrs. Martus. Martus. The you Greek. have to be willing yes. to die for this thing. Yes. You got to be willing to lay your life down. We, you know, we've, don't you feel we've cut that out of our Christian message? Yeah. It's not costly anymore. Wow. It's not cost. 
you know. We've, it's a, in it's in a many ways, we've we've sort of neutered the 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 power and and sort of depleted the power by by trying to make yeah. things safe, by trying to make things more gentle or more palatable. But in doing that, we've we've completely you know uh, taken that out. You know, you you were saying that you you've had some people that that were were saying like those types of things, you know, to you about yeah. And what's your response to that when they're well, like I, challenging the power of evangelism, challenging yeah. the healing, or casting demons out? Or well, I had a friend say exactly what I what I just said um, one time that you know I was saying like let's go you know pray for some people and see God do some things and bring some people into His kingdom you know and um, and uh, it was a friend of mine who'd been around a lot of charismatic circles that have you like went to the malls and grocery stores and stuff and, and would go and pray for people. And he heard a message one time where they said like, Hey, you know, there's also, there's another perspective, basically, you know, preach the gospel and into bring the gospel into all the world. And if necessary, use words, you know, that's like a common saying, I don't know who said it originally. It's either Jonathan Edwards or yeah, somebody, one of the, one of the great revivalists. Which is weird. Cause Jonathan Edwards, DL Moody. I'm not sure. Jonathan Edwards wrote an entire massive work on how to know if it's the spirit moving or not the spirit moving, or you can't tell either way. When he's talking said that, about manifestations of the yeah, spirit. When he said that so, he wasn't, he wasn't speaking against the manifestations, yeah. but some people have taken that to sort of push oh, back. Oh yeah. Well, they don't listen to the, how you know it's a work of God. Right, that side right, of things. Right, right, right. I, I forget the title of the work, but yeah. Anyways, he was no cessationist. No, by not practice. at all. Yeah. Um, Anyways, but yeah, they were, they were, uh, he, he, my friend, he heard this message and then like, well, you know, that don't really know that we're Christians by our love. Like that's the key ticket, right. You yeah, know, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was like, he felt empowered to, you know, like my personality and my, you know, I'm not this, I'm not that. So Therefore, I need to just live my life as a loving, kind, you know, gentle Aberly person. person. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they'll just know. But Jesus didn't say that, yeah. right? First of all, he didn't say, he said, they'll know that you're my disciples by your love for one another, Yeah. right? And he was pointing to the disciples in the room. Yeah. At the time, that's what he was saying in that context. And and later he says, what's the key ticket, right? You All authority I give to you right? He had given them authority. And I think the authority is connected to their sonship, right? They were saved. True. They were, you know, as Paul says, we've all been baptized in one body by one spirit. You know, they were saved. Mm -hmm. They had the Holy Spirit, but they didn't have power yet. Right. And I think that this is connected to the ascension. Mm. You know, and I said that in the last video. The last segment. Right. You know, he ascended on high and in doing so he gave gifts to men. And I think that that distribution of gifts came from along with where Jesus says in John, I think it's 17, he says, it's better that I go because when I go to my father, I'll send of the Holy Spirit. So he ascends and gives gifts to men by the working of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. And he says, wait in the city until you receive power from on high. So the working of the gifts of the Spirit, power, healing, evangelism, teaching, teaching is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Too, yeah, it is. Right. It's yeah, listed. Absolutely. Pastoring. You're supposed mm-hmm. to do it by the grace and power, empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's all testifying to another kingdom. Yeah. That's the whole point. And the only way that you can testify 
and witness Martus to another kingdom is through the power of God. Yeah. The power of God, the Holy Spirit has to do that work of power to break in the energimon, the energy, you know, where we get our working energy, breaking the drive, breaking that the reality of this kingdom into our kingdom right now. And then, you know, now and not yet theology works into there too. Yeah. Right. And you know, you did a study on this because you were talking, you know, I've had many conversations about that. When we get together, you know, (laughs) people are talking about other fathers and sons are talking about baseball and football. We're talking theology. And I don't say that to make us sound super spiritual because some of our conversations about it probably don't sound super spiritual to a lot of people, but we're wrestling with this and learning from each other and, and uh, gleaning from each other. But one of the things that, uh, that you know, you kind of, so with that, basically what this guy is saying is, hey, relationally, intellectually, yeah. let's win them yeah. to Christ. But you did a study and you were studying this whole approach with yeah. kind of with the tree of knowledge of good and evil and, and the pursuit of intellectualism rather yeah. than the the power and the relationship with the father and that, you know, because Paul huh. says, I didn't come to you with excellent words of man's yeah. wisdom, but with a demonstration of power Yes, in order to connect you to the father and not just to me, basically is what yeah. he's saying. Yeah, totally. So the connection we, so many people have given, you know, itinerant ministers who operate in power that they're just doing so for the purpose of self-promotion or self you know, self-glorifying, but the whole point of the power is to connect you with the Father. Yeah, you're only doing religious Father. studies if you don't have the power. Yes, well, ooh, ooh, ouch. It's true. <laughs> this is true. Right? And especially with the, the you, language no, religious studies. Yeah, no, there's no I get it. <laughs> there's no working of the that kingdom. Yeah. The yeah. other kingdom of God. It Without that, it's just religious studies. And so much it's of the true. church is in pursuit of this... Uh, pursuit of intellectualism, thinking that makes them more cutting edge or more, uh, and and the truth is, is that it, it can be a trap. Well, I think the door for it was in First Peter, where it says, always being ready to give a defense for the hope that's within you, right? I think it's in chapter three or four, where it says, um, it's actually connected to that sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts and always being ready to give a defense for the, and that give a defense, make a defense is the word, uh, apologetic or apologia. Oh, oh, wow. Interesting. I didn't know that. And it's apologia. Mm. So giving reason Mm. for your defense, but it also says with kindness and, or gentleness and another word, Mm. but like something like that in your hearts. Yeah. Right. And so it's not even that, even the giving a defense, even apologia, that Greek word, you know, which, which is where we get our apologetics from. Right. That's the like the apologetics. one time yep. that it's used. Yeah. And, and yet we've, we've made an entire, yeah. <laughs> yeah. An entire, I mean, really like how much of Christendom has gone that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, I mean, cessationists. And, of course, certainly. from the perspective, let me just explain. Yeah. When we talk about apologetics, it's it's a giving an example or explaining the difference between another faith and our faith and breaking it down so people can sort of make the decision to come and to follow. That's the modern, that's that's the modern, modern understanding of what apologetics is. Okay, what Paul or what Peter probably meant in, with that wording, that, yes, with go ahead. that wording, 
I think what he was saying is always being ready to give a reasonable explanation to the power and the hope that the hope that you have for that kingdom to come. Yeah. Right. What reasonable explanation? I mean, in that should always be power. If you're going to be witnessing to another kingdom, there has to be power. That's what Jesus was saying at the end of Luke and at the beginning of Acts. Like he was saying, you have to have power. Because you have to. The communication is is that it's not going to be through intellectualism that you're really going to yes. win anybody. The whole point of saying that, and that's the reason why we're like, well, apologetics doesn't completely work. It can yeah. sway someone's thinking. Religious studies and their re- <laughs> their perspective. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm no, it's of, good. I, I'm on this. This thing, is good. Like- this is good. <laughs> but the objective, though, from yeah. what we're talking about with power evangelism, is that when people have an encounter, yes. Rather than them making the decision, yeah. it's hard to argue with. And that's what I've used throughout the Muslim world, throughout, you know, all these closed countries yeah. that I travel to. Because the objective is, is that if I give somebody, I can sit there and try to argue with them uh, whether Muhammad was a prophet or not, and whether it was accurate revelation he was receiving or demonic revelation yeah. versus saying, well, here, let me pray for you and you're going to be healed and then you'll know this is the real Jesus. Yeah, power. You're witnessing to another kingdom. They don't have another kingdom to witness to except for the demonic. That's right. right? Because it's not true. That's right. Right? There's no other good kingdom that they're witnessing to. No. We have a kingdom. You know, sanctify Christ. Again, like we have to keep thinking that. He is the Lord. And, um, you know... It's like whatever method, whatever thing, salvation, right? Sanctification, the ongoing work of that salvation unfolding, um, being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, even uh, spiritual gifts, their grace gifts, charismata is mm-hmm. grace, right? Gracings, whatever, however it's, and then uh, sacraments. Yeah. Right? They are grace. They are grace. Right? Yep. That's, That's right. great, you know? Um, uh, receiving the Eucharista, right? The Eucharist, there's that word, charis is in that word. It's grace, mm. you know, and thanks. Thanksgiving because of the grace, you know, it's work. And I mean, again, in First Peter, again, it's, or I think it's Second Peter maybe, where it says as stewards of the manifold grace of God. Mm. It's how God orients us in the working of power, Right, the breaking into the kingdom and b- giving the reality of that kingdom to the here and now is God orienting Himself in the world as a gracious God. Man, you know, it's He's yeah. merciful, pro- positioning Himself over a broken, sinful world as merciful God, giving grace. Yeah, and there's the Holy Spirit working that in power, yeah. working that like like a like a massage therapist. You know, I I don't know. These are broken analogies, but. He's working that into this broken world. Yeah. It takes power to do that. Absolutely. You know, it, it, and it's his power. Yeah. It's not ours yeah. and we're not generating it, yeah. but we have authority to yes. exercise it as or sons. to withhold it. Yes. Because of the position that he has given us as yeah. our elder brother and giving us his rights as, yeah. as, as being that true son, you yeah. know, giving us that sonship and bestowing that on us. You know, Judah, uh, we're we're running out of time, but sure. uh, this has been such a great dialogue. And we can talk forever oh, about this. Stuff. This is just this is just the tip of the iceberg of how on and on and on we can go on these 
many, many, many more subjects. And we we'll, have. Yes. And we'll, so we'll have to have you back we on will. to do it, to do this again. But maybe, maybe just with some of the people that are stopping and saying, you know, man, I, I'm not sure how to step out in that power. You took Diego out. You know, what's your advice to them of, of you know, so many times I'm just saying, if you'll just go, he'll show. You just yes. go. That's a John Wimberism. Yeah. If you'll just go, he'll show. Is that what you would advise? Just step I out. I would definitely just say that. Yeah, step out. Put yourself in a position where you need power. Yo, yeah, come on. <laughs> where it needs to show up. Yes. Isn't that the risk? Yeah. That's where the faith lives, you have right to, there in the risk. The whole point of this thing, of you living out your faith to unbelievers, is you, you have to witness, right? Yeah, come on. To witness, Jesus says, you need power. Yeah. Otherwise, you're doing improper witnessing. Yeah, right? no, it's not that's full true. Witnessing. If you're not demonstrating you're power, studies. it's not the full witness. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. If you're not demonstrating power, it's not the full. Yeah, you talked about yeah. an anointing coming on you, about the spirit yeah. of God coming on you. Would you pray that just yes. for everybody watching and anybody who's like, man, I'd yes. love to step out, but I don't have the courage that Judah has or Robbie has. Just pray for them now, if you would, for that. Yeah, Lord, we just we just Jesus. come to you and ask, Lord, would you pour out? power would you yes. anoint people that are listening god um lord i just pray that you would lead uh everybody listening to this to a new opportunity to yes, witness lord. to your kingdom that is breaking in lord it's it's breaking in your kingdom that is coming kingdom come breaking in god i just pray that you would make uh um, partners, Lord, out of some of these people, make partners with your kingdom out of this, Lord. And God, I, I just pray that, Lord, uh, you would stir a boldness, Acts 4.29, boldness in um, in uh, the believers listening to step out and take risks and to put themselves on the line as servants Lord. and slaves to Christ, um, Lord, and that they would, God, would you would you work in them a sanctifying of Christ as Lord in their hearts, God? Lord, would you would you stir a boldness? Would you stir um, a conviction that you are Lord of every single situation that they come in contact to? God, I just pray that even that they would see, um, Lord, that they would have like a visualization even of when they come into uh, uh, contact with a situation where you need to break in and they feel fear or nervousness or whatever, God, that they would even see you, God, Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as seated on the throne Come on. of yes. that situation. So God, I just I just pray this. Lord, would you would you bless everybody listening, Lord, and, and work in their hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today on Radical Radio. Judah, thank you. Yeah. Always love having you. Always love talking. <laughs> we just get on the phone for five minutes and it goes for an hour and a half. But anyway, uh, thank you for joining Radical Radio. Please like this, follow us, and please share this program. And stay tuned for the next one. We got more coming for you here at Radical Radio. God bless you guys. This week's podcast is brought to you by Robbie Dawkins Ministries. Do you know someone who would be impacted by today's episode? Share it with them and let us know what they think. Subscribe or follow this podcast so you don't miss our next episode. You can also leave us a review, like, comment, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until next time, 
Stay Radical.